When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 135 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, brought to you in association with Sports Social, the UK's only dedicated sports podcast network. And also Fanatics, delighted to say the season is over, which is, is the most important thing. Um, we have, we've been we've been dying for the season to be over for a long, long time. We had a bit of a celebration on Thursday when our top flight status was secured, and it's great to to have uh, back on the show, Matt Dillon. Matt, how are you, mate? Not too bad, mate. Yeah, like you said, um, obviously the leaves after after Thursday, mate. I'm just glad it's all over. You know, roll on August. That's it, mate. I'm looking forward to not discussing football for, for the next two months, to be perfectly honest. Uh, they, they've done me in after this season, but we'll come on to that shortly. And great to have Pete back on the show as well. Pete's been, as I said, on Thursday with his work with MI6. He doesn't do midweek shows, this lad. He's, he, he's shocker looking after this country, uh, for Queen and country all the time. But Pete's back, so he's back for the last <laughs> show of the season. Um, so great to, great to see Pete's, uh, Pete's face as well. But... Obviously, last game of the season, all over, Arsenal 5, Everton 1. I couldn't care less. I didn't care about what the team was. Um, I didn't really care about the performance, if I'm being honest with you. Um, but, Matt, we weren't taking anything from that game today, were we? No, mate. I, I think, obviously, looked at the lineup and um, it was exactly what we thought, to be honest, mate, um, as well. And, and probably the performance, that, you know, that went with it. Um, you know, even as well, he did throw a nice little VAR controversy in there as well for us, didn't he? On the last game, you know, they had to get one of them in. Um, obviously, you know, the, the similarities between a Wolves and Ball and the Rodri and Ball is just ridiculous, mate. But obviously, you know, one gets given and one, one doesn't. Um, and then, you know, obviously, got the goal back just before our time, thought maybe might something might come of it and concede to, you know, two really sloppy goals at the start of the, start of the second half. And yeah, it, it, we're always going to be up against it then, mate, to be honest. But um, yeah, it, it's, it, you know, it is what it is. It probably sums up especially that, you know, the performances away from home that, that we've served up for, for much of the season, really. But um, yeah, as I say, I mean, obviously the main the main job was was done on Thursday. So I don't think, you know, even the even the lads that were there, um, from what I've seen and from from what I've heard, I don't think they were too they were too bothered either way either. I think they've all had a good day out anyway. So um, yeah, same as we'll, we'll we'll write we'll write that one off. I think. Yeah, most most definitely we will. And um, I mean, the, the manager Frank Lampard said after the game, we spent a lot of energy on Thursday. Richardson, Alan, Andre Gomez all injured. A few other lads were arrested. Obviously, we, we saw Jordan Pickford was there. I think he was in London for another uh, another game yesterday. To, to be honest, if rumours are to be believed, he looked a little bit worse for wear. Um, a few other players obviously rested as well. They, they deserved it. And mind just said our big final was on Thursday. We won it. Today was just a step too far. And everyone who went down there today was under no illusion that 
what they were going to be served up, to be honest with you. Uh, it, was, it was a game too far the last few weeks. The you know the, the energy more than anything else that the players have exerted, both physically and mentally, was always going to impact what what happened today. And we, we know ourselves, we were all knacking on Thursday after going after going through that. Um, but Peter, were you too bothered about today? Were you just relieved because we haven't we haven't caught up obviously since since Thursday? I imagine that the relief on Thursday basically takes over anything that's happened since. Yeah, I was watching us get B five one with uh, Spirit the Blues on repeat going on in my head still from uh, from Thursday night. So it, it it was a weird experience. Like like Matty said, you know, the, the handball aside, you, you have to take the the game on face value really for for what it is. You know, we put out a I think for us a threadbare squad. You know, an unusual system. It was, you know, sort of a, a five-three-two in, in defence, trying to move into sort of like a, a three-five-two. Deli Ali playing in a wide position. You know, Tom Davies coming in playing his first game, and you know, however long. Um, so, you know, we have to see the performance and the result. You know, within that context, don't we? Um, but I think, like you, it just roll on next season. But yeah, please give me a break before you ask me to think about it. <laughs> uh, we're, all, we're all the same, aren't we? And it's it's um, it was funny sitting there just not being too concerned, and you know, not really. I mean, my missus said to me, "I've never seen you so relaxed when Everton uh, are playing." I said, "I just, I said, I've, I've got no, in, I've had an incest, obviously, but I've got, I don't care what happens score-wise. You know, if we win, great. You know, all well and good." Um, if we get beats, and and I did say to, to a friend of mine, I can see us losing by a good, a good few goals. We'll get battered here. Uh, just just a feeling, you know, because we knew the lads have been out. I had a few drinks Thursday, Friday. I mind you, taking them out as well. Um, to to obviously thank them, and it was always going to have an impact. It was a quick turnaround, a lot of changes, um, a lot of our sort of main main players. You know, Richie Allison, who's been our most influential player for over the last few weeks. He's been playing injured, you know, so deserved deserved the rest. Uh, although he was alive on Twitter soon after the full time whistle went uh, across across the country, um, wanting to keep up as he as he does best. So it was it is what it is. But I mean, even even Lee, you went you were in um, Betsy Cohen as we just just had a quick chat about then. So you, you were uh, had your feet up, had your flip flops on, and you were bothered at all. Uh, just correction on the pronunciation. I know you are a linguist, mate, but uh, I'll just thought I'd correct you. It's Betsicoid. <laughs> Betsicoid. As Matty corrected you on it before as well. Um, but no, mate, yeah, I was over there in Zip World with my little daughter and some friends, some friends over from Dubai. And uh, uh, just took them down. So if anyone's not been to Zip World, this is not an ad. Get yourself down there. It's great fun. Great fun. The forest roller coaster. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like our season. That forest roller coaster all over the place. <laughs> but no, honestly, brilliant place. Get down there. But no, no. On a side note, yeah, mate. I wasn't. I, I couldn't care less if it had been ten nil today because you know all of us were literally in bits when we coming up to that game uh, a few nights ago, and and it's just utter relief that we managed to stay up. Um, you know, all, all, all the fume and everything that's followed. And, you know, it's, it, it, people start showing their true faces, don't they? A lot of journos out there start showing their true faces. A lot of them are embarrassing, to be honest. Um, even the Newcastle fans suddenly coming out now they've come into a bit of a bit of money, suddenly start sort of like spouting out. Um, but no, look, I'm, I'm and I'm glad on a separate note 
that Leeds have stayed up as well. Uh, I used to go to Ellen, Ellen Road loads as a kid. One of my dad's best mates was a Leeds fan. And, they, you know, over the season for me, especially, you know, um, most of the season, they've played the better footy. Burnley played just horrible stuff. Absolutely horrible stuff. And then, obviously, the way they treated Dice as well. Uh, I'm just glad they're going down. I'm just glad they're going down, to be honest. Uh, even when we went there and played them, it was horrible footy, wasn't it, the way, and they managed to jam it. So, um, but no, look, just mega chuffed that we're up. Um, today was always going to be, you know, literally what it was as and what it turned out to be because, as you said, loads of the players were out uh, by all accounts as well after after the Palace game. So uh, it was a chance for him to play a few players on the fringes today, wasn't it? Um, and it was always going to be the case. But now, as I said to you the other night, Frank's got a big job on his hands now. He's going to need at least three three windows for me. But let's hope we can, you know, try and pick off a few decent signings over the summer and, and start building from there. Starting with Conor Gallagher, by the way. That's, he's actually uh, done me a end the season uh, thing for the BBC, and he was the one player that I put down for signing for us um, who I'd who I'd like to bring in. And there's a chance, there's a chance of Conor Gallagher got a relationship with Frank Lampard already. I know he wants to. Uh, Commit to Chelsea and get a chance. They're very difficult, I'm sure, but we'll see how that one goes. But we'll discuss our aspirations for the summer shortly. But funny you should mention the, the our friends in the media, um, because the last since we since we won on Thursday, the, the media and Leeds and Burnley, to be fair, have done all they can to to basically try and disrupt us, try and cause problems. So from the 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 pitch invasion, if you want to call it that, after the after the Palace game, or you know, the, the, just through sheer sense of relief. Um, then Bernie and Leeds start kicking off over the fact that over our financial position, which has been signed off and ratified by the Premier League and independently as well, and we've had the independent people look at losses and things like that. So we're all happy with it. It's been received again today by the Premier League. They've got no issue, and they'll meet with Bernie and Leeds about that. The media. You've got people in the media who are writing that we should be getting punch deductions for, for fans going on the pitch. No such uh, comments after Man City have won the league today when all the fans stormed the pitch and it was just basically, you know, emotion spilt over is how, how it's being worded. Um, but it, it's strange, isn't it, Matt? That, well, it's, it's strange, but we, we see it quite often. We do feel that we, we don't get um, uh, the rubber degree when it comes to reporting um, as a club. But it's funny the way that they all come out of the, the, the woodwork and, and, and are looking to to basically, you know, put us down, really, after we, not so much in cheap, but we, we were all told we were down. We were five points away from safety, going to Chelsea, Goodison Park. We were, we were getting told from everywhere we were going down. Our players have turned it around. They've surely got a backbone. So, you know, we, as a fan base, we should be happy with that and be able to show our sense of belief. But the media are really keen to try and stick the knife in, aren't they? Massively, mate. Um, I think, again, it, it's all about controlling the narrative, isn't it? You know, I look at, especially on the likes of, you know, Twitter and people putting these articles up, you know, um, all I, I just call them blue tick hacks, to be honest, because you look at all of them, they've all got blue ticks. I don't know how they get the blue ticks, like, but... They all seem to be fans of, you know, the likes of, you know, Liverpool, United, Chelsea, whatever. Um, and it, I think certainly since the the failed like Super League, when obviously we were one of the most outspoken critics as a club, 
Um, I think it's really has turned on us um, in terms of that. Um, because, yeah, like you said, no no one seems to want to actually print anything anything good um, about Everton Football Club. Um, and I think, like even Frank said himself, I think the story, the story would have been, obviously, if we went down, you know, obviously what a massive story it would have been. And we've obviously kicked that. We've kicked that into the long grass now, thankfully. Um, and they're just trying anything, I think, to, to sort of discredit us. Like you said, you know, even before Leeds and Burnley, um, apparently, you know, wrote to the Premier League, etc. People were running stories about about the finances, saying, "Oh, you know, we've 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 overspent on FFP, etc." Um, you know, we've been seeing them for weeks, haven't we? Um, and but it, like exactly like you said, they've they've sort of been ratified. We, we've come to this agreement with with the Premier League before the season starts. That's obviously why we didn't spend the bean um, in the summer. Um, but obviously they're still they're still sort of trying to push that narrative, and I, I I just think it'll go on and on, Mike. To be perfectly honest with you, um, but you know let them let them let them talk. Um, you know even seen you know the last couple of days the 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 national like you said the national media um, about what happens you know during the uh, the pitch invasion. You know obviously one one day for you who to be fair I, I think he got he got everything he deserved from Vieira uh, from what you know obviously the way he goes and. He's just obviously tarnished the whole fan base, but you know, again, anyone who was there would tell you obviously everything was good, was really good natured. Um, didn't sort it apart from you know, obviously that video after I didn't actually see anything that was kicked off, mate. So, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, let, let them talk. And like obviously Frank said before, we'll just handle our business. Totally, totally correct. And I think to be fair, you know, we, we did comment at the time when we, we, we were informed that, um or the media informed everyone that Leeds and Bernie had written a joint letter. They seem to do one on a daily basis, but I think now we might see Leeds now step back from this. They've uh, obviously secured the, the Premier League status today. Uh, Bernie might carry on with it because they're, they're in, a, in a lot of trouble, but now financially, with uh, reports to be believed, with this £65 million loan, uh, with, with the bulk of which he's being repaid this summer because he's been relegated. So we see how it goes, but Peter... We've had a little chat about this, haven't we, already? But are you concerned by this? Um, about these two clubs looking to, to to have our finances independently reviewed? I, I've sort of got two two views on it, which are both fairly cynical, really. I think one, the Evertonian in me says, well, look, if they're going to come down on any club in the Premier League, sod's law, it'll be Everton. You know, it won't, it won't, won't be Newcastle with their Saudi owners. won't be, uh, you know... Chelsea with all the the mess that they've got into in the present and you know that the fact that they had Abramovich as a an owner and how his money was used in the first place won't be Manchester City um you know everybody forgets Leicester you know and, and the owner that, that they had and uh, you know his human rights record and where his money came from uh, Cardiff when they when they were in the Premier League um you know again they, they had an owner with a sketchy background sketchy finances um, dodgy origin of the money, but no, for some reason it'll be Everton that um, that ends up with a points deduction or um, you know a, a financial restrictions, no doubt. But just hope it doesn't come to that. But then the other part of me thinks, like Matty said, could this just drag on and on and on and just you know you don't want it hanging over us going into next season. I'd just like us to go into next season, regardless of whatever budget we've got. Frank Lampard having a pre-season with the squad and going into the first game 
you know, with with a bit of a fresh slate, really, and and you know, let's see what he can do, and um, you know, let let's see what his Everton will be all about. I just don't want this to sort of rumble on, and um, you know, new stories to still being printed about this come August September because. Yeah, it could just poison another season. Um, we've had enough complexity and, and baggage, haven't we, for the past, you know, it feels like about four or five years, really. Um, so maybe it's the, the echoes of the past that are making me um, making me cynical. But yeah, I do, I do have those concerns in the back of my mind, I think. See, I'm the other way. I mean, if you read, there's a great thread there from, from the S, you know, we know how, how, how much he knows about this this kind of thing and how much detail he goes into. So for anybody who hasn't seen it, I'm sure we have, because it's something which put my mind at ease. And he's been getting quizzed like the last 24 hours, especially. And people have been saying, you know, what are we going to get point deductions? He said, listen, there's no case to answer because Everton have been in discussions with the Premier League for 18 months. You know, our position, the Premier League are allowed to, in this, in our position anyway, and anyone's in the same kind of position, are allowed to enter an agreement where basically they they look over your finances, they give you a budget that you have to operate in, and that's absolutely fine. And that is written within the Premier League handbook within the rule book. It's all there in black and white. That's absolutely fine. So we've done everything above board. It's been ratified by the Premier League. Even the ESC is saying, listen, there's no, no point deductions, nothing like that. You know, it, it's literally, I think it's a case of, of these clubs, in my opinion, they're just chancing their arm, aren't they? As I say, I think Leeds will probably step back Burnley are in a lot of trouble financially, so they probably look. They'll probably look for us to, to pay some kind of of money towards towards them to, to help them out. And you know, the timing's poor because the, the first letter went in before we we actually we actually think it was the thirteenth of uh, of May, so we hadn't secured our our status in the Premier League. So for me, it was an unsettling tactic, which is totally backfired. And I've got no concerns. We we know. It's going to be tight in the summer anyway, so we know we're going to have to sell players, uh, which we'll come on to shortly. Uh, but I'm not too forced. Like you say, Peter, I think it's really important that we do have a clean slate, if you like, this summer. Um, a lot of work to be done, of course, but we, it's important that Frank Lampard can operate, you know, where he's relaxed, comfortable. Um, we, we can start afresh. A lot of players to, to be moved on. A lot of players are out of contract to, to be moved on. Um, and it's important that he, he feels comfortable and, and he, he knows what the what the situation is. So this dragon arm won't, won't do anyone any kind of good, but I don't envisage any kind of points deductions, sanctions, that kind of stuff. I think that would be a little bit crazy when you, you mention other clubs, even, you know, Newcastle, the, the biggest example of that now, and why their fans are called to the woodwork to create some kind of rivalry is absolutely off its head, you know, for a club who's won nothing since about... 1921 you know it's just it's just crazy for me um than a club I, I i i agree with you there mike bang on i totally agree and and, and what pete just said there if you're going to start investigating us you're going to have to start investigating a load of other stuff as well you know what i mean man i've had a few chats with a couple of journos on on twitter recently i'm normally not that vocal but it just drives me mad like literally you know like, like pete just alluded to there you know the, the money behind some of these clubs you even have to look at PSG recently and the contract they've just given Mbappe. I mean, it's, it's embarrassing. You know, PSG are a country. They're not even a club. You know, and they, they've got the players like Mbappe, Neymar, Verratti. Players, you know, they're wasted in leagues like that with the greatest respect as well. You know what I mean? But they just pay them whatever they want. And, and, and it's the same with, you know, Chelsea. Chelsea owe Abramovich 1.5 billion, apparently, from that sale. 
So he's been propping them up with his individual finances. You know what I mean? Let's investigate City's inverted commas sponsorship deals for the last five, six, seven years. You know what I mean? It's 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 really poor poor show from me. They're, they're massively clutching Leeds and, and Burnley. Uh, they're massively clutching at straws. You know what I mean? Especially with everything that's gone on with COVID, everything else, the money that obviously we can set aside for the stadium that doesn't count towards it as well. It's absolutely embarrassing. It really is. Um, and there's there's far worse clubs than us in terms of morality and the way their clubs are run from a financial perspective in the Premier League. There is. And, and like you said, you know, so many other clubs in who would have to be looked into uh, outside of ourselves for a variety of things, which we obviously will, will not go into. But I got really poor taste, really appalling timing. Um, and if I could have relegated both of them today, then then I would have done. You know, I just think it's, I think it's really, really poor. I'd take Newcastle with them as well, because they're, they're a club who are fast becoming. I think with the fan base, that they're fast becoming disliked anyway. Um, but that's, we'll save that discussion for another day. Um, and next season, hopefully, when we beat them twice. But we'll um, we'll leave, well, I say we'll leave the Arsenal game there. We haven't even discussed the Arsenal game, but there's not really much to discuss. Um, obviously, quick chat around the media there, but I do want to have a, have a quick chat about our sort of personal thoughts around this season in terms of you know any personal highlights, player highlights in what's been an absolutely shocking season. And we'll discuss that after this uh, after this short break. Welcome back to the second part of this week's Unholy Trinity podcast. And I mean, can we have a chat about any kind of high points from this season? But it's it's more to do with any players that have, might have stood out, anyone who deserves any kind of credit. And you know, it's been a shocking season. Thirty nine points is, is appalling. Um, appointing Rafael Benitez has been appalling. There's been so many things gone wrong. There's no way, in my opinion, that squad should have only got thirty nine points. I mean, we know there's there's reasons behind these things. It's it's been an absolutely awful, awful season for us all to endure, and we're all glad that it's over. But I've, I'll go around to one of the one of the time. Really, Matty, who's been who's been your standout player across the season? Personally, mate, I think that the real shine and light's been Anthony Gordon. Um, you know, obviously unexpected at the start of the season to see him getting so many games, but then just really, really grew into the into the team. He was the one, obviously, always showing for the ball, always on the front foot. Um, and obviously over the last couple of weeks, mate, he, he's looked a bit leggy. Um, I think it's obviously because of, of sort of what he's put in, but um, he's been the real standout for me, mate. And I'm really looking forward to the next year or two to see, obviously, you know what what sort of a player he can become. Because you know, and obviously Frank said it himself um, in terms of you know, the, the young players he's worked with at Chelsea. He's right up there with like the very best that he's he's sort of coached. So, yeah, it'd be anti for me, mate. I think you know, like like you said, towards the end of the season, you you've got to say there's been a lot of big performance for some, you know, the likes of Jordan, uh, Richie, and a, and a few of the others. But I think over the over the entire season, uh, I think Anthony Gordon's got to get it for me. Yeah, he'd, he'd be my pick. I'm pretty sure that I pull him down as our our player of the season. I mean, there's been really good performances in in recent weeks. We said before about Jordan most definitely has stood up to be counted in over the last sort of six weeks or so. Probably probably kept us in the Premier League, to be honest, uh, with his performances. Alex Iwobi, probably been the most, the most effective player since Frank Lampard came in. Deserves credit for that, of course. But 
Anthony Gordon, I think, from where he started this season, you know, he, he could have gone on low. I said it, I said it a, a few times on this show and on other shows as well. He could have been loaned out uh, before the transfer window closed in the summer. He looked like he was surface to requirements. We couldn't get a winger in. He stayed on, took his chance, and and I guess his history, and like you say, looked a little bit leggy in recent weeks, understandably so. Um, but it's great to see him have such an impact as you know, someone who's come through the academy, um, who, who's now cemented a place in the in the start eleven, the first team squad, and and will only will only improve really. But Peter, what, what are your thoughts? Have you been your standouts? Has it been Anthony Gordon, or has, it, has someone else in the mix for you? It's probably three for me, but I, I agree a hundred percent. Anthony Gordon standout. Uh, performer and I, I really enjoyed seeing his development across the season he just seems to have you know to have grown under terrible circumstances as well you know this, this is his club as well don't forget um, you know for such a young player to shoulder that responsibility of not only playing you know first team football for a Premier League club but you know his boyhood club the team he represents you know that's that's massive and I think he's He's shown he's he's not only got great footballing potential, but he's got a good head on his shoulders. Um, and I think often, you know, again, not not not, not to criticise any of our own, but I think sometimes we've had a lot of promising young players at Everton that maybe haven't quite had the right mentality uh, to you know become a top top player. Um, and Anthony Gordon seems you know just really humble, willing to learn. You know, focused, and you can see he's getting better and better and better, and he's adding more and more to his game. So, like Matty, I can't wait to see him um, play more for us next season. He's gone from, like you say, Mike, you know, a young lad potentially on the fringes of, of the team with big question marks about whether we can cut it and whether we can break in to probably one of your first names on the team sheet. Um, certainly for me, anyway. And then yeah, Jordan Pickford, I think second half of the season for me, he's probably return to the form of when we first signed him. Now, when we first signed him as a uh, as a goalkeeper, I, I thought his distribution, his you know his confidence, um, you know how he commanded the box, his saves. I thought he was he was one of the best young keepers that I'd ever seen. And then you know look with his difficulties, let's say with confidence or performances under the spotlight are well documented. When we spoke about it at length on this podcast. But again, he's, he's another player that really stepped up and arguably has kept us up with some of his big performances and, you know, um, match-winning saves. And maybe the slightly left-field one for me would be uh, Vitaly Mikhelenko because I think he's he's come in, never played in the Premier League before, massive boots to fill in Luca Dean, you know, who left under a, you know, under a cloud, big controversy, probably really damaged morale in the team and the squad. You know, again, such a young lad, probably barely speaks English and he's had to come in again and perform and step up. And, and for me, you know, although I think sometimes some Blues criticise him going forward and his, you know, his delivery, there are things he can work on. He's solid defensively. He plays the right pass. He doesn't give the ball away. I think his positioning is very, very good for such a young player. I know we're all big fans of Ben Godfrey, but when Ben Godfrey's played at left back, something we've often found is he can switch off or we can lose his positional sense sometimes. And I think Mikhelenko, some of the games he's played in, that have been so important for our survival. And he's he's just been solid. He's just been so reliable. And, you know, again, hopefully he can continue to develop as well. But there are some promising shoots of green for us. Um, and I, I do think we've got some good players we can 
hopefully kick on and build a bit of a squad around. I do like Mikalenko. Sorry, Mike, to interject. I do like Mikalenko. I think he's improved every game. I still think there's, his final product definitely needs to be worked on. I mean, it, 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 that game, uh, the Palace game, we got in some really promising positions on, on in, in full-back areas. I guess we've been spoiled in the past down that left side, haven't we? Particularly with Baines. His delivery was unbelievable. Uh, Dean's delivery was, for me, uh, I know he got a lot of slack towards the end of his career at Everton, but I thought his delivery was outstanding. And yeah, so I think it, it, it's a big question for you then. This is, this is provocative. Who would you rather have as a, as a defender? Okay, you, you, you're 1-0 up against the Reds and you've got to hold your lead for 10 minutes. Would you rather have Luca Dean at left-back or Mikhalenko? No, I think Dean's a better defender. But I think in the modern yeah. game now, going, for, going forward, I'd personally have Dean. Because I, I just think... That wasn't that was look, the question. <laughs> what? No, but you're, you're, giving me, you're giving a scenario where you're giving a scenario. You're giving a scenario if you need to hold a lead, then yeah. obviously you want a more defensive minded fullback. What I'm saying, if we're playing, let's say, I don't know, a chunk of games where you're playing against teams where you're going to have more of the ball, you want a more attack minded fullback. So if we, you know, maybe you might rotate with Nkunku next year. We don't know. You know what I mean? If he does, then so be it. Because I just think football now, width comes from out wide. Now. I just think we got in some great positions on Thursday and we were so wasteful out wide, Coleman included at the time as well. And I just think that 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 ability to really find a final pass from a fullback position is 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 vital going forward. I don't want to dig the guy out. I think he's been brilliant, you know, under the circumstances, everything the way he came in, and I think he's handled himself impeccably. He scored a brilliant goal the other week, and you know, with his age, he's got massive room for improvement. But I just think that quality in the final third. I don't know what the other guys think. I don't know. I just think that quality in the final third is is, is just. So hard to find, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think, I mean, we were all big fans of Luca Dean, weren't we? We all, all thought he was, you know, especially when we've had Leighton Bings for so many years and then Luca Dean comes on the scene and, you know, it, it, I say it was a smooth transition. No one for me will ever touch Leighton Bings as a left-back for Everton. It, it's impossible because he, he's the best to ever do it, in my opinion, for our football club. But in the modern day, Luca Dean was very, very good uh, in an attacking sense. Um, I think Villa fans have, have even probably said the same thing about him defensively. He's not quite, not quite sort of at the races. It's not his game. He, he's an attacking fullback. He's a wing back. Whereas Vitani Michalenko is, is a defensive fullback. That's that's his game, and he's done very well after a difficult start. Um, he, he settled down, uh, settled into into the country, which is, is difficult, especially after what he's. He's gone through personally, and he's and he's done well, and and it's it's nice to see that. I think that next season, obviously, he's going to be the starter left back. We've got to have, I think, more responsibility for in in terms of the forward players and, and the midfielders to make things happen. Because every time that we look at it, you know, if he does overlap or gets forward, he will. He, he quite often looks to come back because that that's his natural game. But um, who would think, you have them? Who would you have them, mate? In Pete's question, there, who would you have? Luca Dean. It's not a question, and that's, that's no offence to Michalenko. I think he's, do, he's done well. He's young, and he, he will improve. I always think he's very, very good. I, I did. I think he, I think he improved as well defensively. Um, he was always athletes in the air. Um, so I, I think, yeah, I think Dean Dean certainly gets the nod. But that's not me panning to get Luka Dean back. Uh, I'm happy with Michalenko. Happy with his progress, and he's got plenty, plenty more time to to, to become. 
a better better player into the, to develop further. So you know, it'll be interesting though. It'll be interesting on the, from a left back perspective. You know, with uh, Nkunku coming back, he's, he's by all accounts had a you know a half decent uh, loan spell, hasn't he? Over in over in Belgium, so it'd be interesting to see. Because um, look, we saw particularly in a few cup games under Carlo, the lad's got loads of ability going forward, hasn't he? You know, he's absolutely rapid. He's got great feet. It'd be interesting to see. Obviously, Lampard will want to have a look at him. Whether he is at the required level, he's a complete opposite though, isn't he? To a to a Mikalenko, though, isn't he? In the fact that he's more of almost like a left winger almost, isn't he? Um, it'll be interesting to see how he does because he's only young as well. Is he, what was he, 20? 20 himself? I think he's only 20, isn't he? Yeah, and, and Conku's got, obviously, he's very, very raw, isn't he? Uh, and, we, and we, just from seeing him over the, in that first season, we saw how raw he was, like you say. In the second sense, I thought he, he was decent in, in the cup games that we saw him in. Um, he's got he's got pace, so you, you, could, you could play him a little bit further forward, but you know, he's 20, 21 years of age, so a lot of time to develop. Um, so let's see, you know, it might be another loan for him. Maybe Frank wants to really have a good look at him, I'm sure, in pre-season. So maybe maybe he'll get a, a bit of a run in pre-season. Let's see how we, how we adjust to, to the manager's style of football and whether he can he can be used next season. Um, but be, before we, we take our final break, Lee, who's your standout player of the season? Yeah, really interesting what the lads were saying there. I thought Gordon, yeah, Gordon's been brilliant this season. Uh, again, trying not to be hypercritical, need to work on his final ball. Um, again, he's got great feet, raw pace, gets himself in some great positions. But, you know, that's typical of a you know, young player. You know what I mean? They tend to sort of, you know, that's the side of the game they can work on the final ball. And I'm sure Frank will work on him with that. He's been outstanding. Um, I thought more recently, well, since Frank's come in, Awobi's been brilliant. You know what I mean? I mean, he's had he's had his critics and rightly so in some parts, but you know, he you could always see that you know there, there was an athlete there. He's a strong lad. He's you know he had good feet. I think Pete's analogy he plays with a backpack on was a brilliant one. Um, but he, he's got um, yeah, he's got something. And Frank Frank's managed to unearth that. We all we, we always could see. He was a bit of an introverted character and things like that. And Frank's coaxed that out of him, hasn't he? And and you know, that goal against Newcastle, lads, has kept us up. You know what I mean? And, and that's as simple as that. He, you know, I think that he really kicked on from then as well, didn't he? In terms of his confidence and in the Palace game as well in the week, both him and Ali were the difference in the second half. They were driving driving us forward. They were prepared to take the ball in tight spaces, not not panicking on the ball. He's been outstanding. So massive shout out to Roby. Hopefully he can carry that on next season. But Richarlison for me, um, oh Pickford, massive mention. But Richarlison for me, he pretty much said it. Well, he did say it himself. I'm gonna, I want to keep this club up, and um, he's almost done it single-handedly with his goals and assists recently. He's going to finish the season in the Premier League with ten goals and six assists, which is not bad at all. In let's be honest, what's been a crap team overall this season. Um, and he, you know, watching him at the game, he, you know, recently he's, he's he's just his desire. Is unbelievable. You know, I mean, for someone who's obviously got loads of talent as well, you know, we all saw that little bit of you know Brazilian flair the other day when he controlled it on his back and things like that. You know, he's, 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 he's what what a player he's been for us. You know, and, and if he, like I said to you on Thursday, mate, if he does end up going, then he goes with my blessing. You know, I mean, I'm sure he goes with most Evertonians' blessings as well because he's he's been he's given absolutely Everton sorry, everything to this football club, um, and you know deservedly gets one of the goals in that 3-2 win 
uh, when he was injured as well, by the way. You know what I mean? You could see he was hobbling in the second half. You know, he wasn't sprinting after the ball. He could barely run. But he wanted to stay on the pitch, obviously, and try and get a goal, and he got one. And that celebration will be iconic, won't it? That one in front of the Gladys where he just throws himself head first. And, uh, I mean, that's just absolutely top draw, that is. So, for me, yeah, um, Richarlison. Um, and I don't know what you boys think. I think he possibly will go. It seemed like a bit of a farewell, didn't it, the other day? So, be sad to see him go. But at the same time, you know, like I said, he goes, goes, with, goes with our blessing, I think. Yeah, he does, and that's obviously that that ties in nicely to to the final part of the show in terms of obviously our summer aspirations. Richard's uh, future will be part of that that discussion. So we'll be back in about the next thirty seconds. Welcome back to the final part of today's Unholy Trinity podcast, the final show of the season. Thank God you all say, thank God we all say, it's time for a lie down on a holiday. Um, and, you know, we, we can look forward now, can't we? You know, we, we struggled for so long, last couple of months especially, to, to look forward. Everything to do with Bramley Moore, you were sort of, you know, you weren't too concerned about it. We haven't confirmed our new, our new uh, kit sponsor as of yet. We haven't seen our new kit as of yet. We don't know who the sleeve sponsor is going to be. I'm sure there is going to be one. Is there going to be a new sponsor for, the, um, for Finch Farm? There's a lot of stuff, obviously, to, to be confirmed. And... I know all that work has been done and the club are waiting just to announce and now they I'm sure they'll use next week to, to do that. Now the the season is over, the dust will settle and we can all relax over the summer now. Um but like we've said many a time, there's gonna be a lot of work to be done on and off the pitch uh, at Everton. This this season should act as a wake up call for, for the club, in my opinion. There's no way that we should ever be in that position where we're going into the last week of the season, not not guaranteed to stay in the Premier League. Uh, and that's not from a position of arrogance, by the way, to say that Everton should never be down there. But there's no way in the position that we we found ourselves in last summer that we should be in that position. You know, we, the club should be more than equipped to, to get us through a season. And at the very least, I was in, in and around mid-table and... The decisions that were made, obviously, in appointing Rafael Benitez, which was an absolute shocker, um, that was just the, the start of, of things to come. Um, and we're, we're lucky to escape with our Premier League lives, to be perfectly honest. But it does give us the now the, the time to back the manager, let him put his stamp on the club. He can go into his first, his first proper transfer window. He came in what, a, a couple of days before the end of the January one and those deals have been done, especially for El Ghazi, who I don't think ever arrived at Finch Farm because I'm not seeing him since his signing was announced. <laughs> Even today, when you know we we played a second string and he was nowhere to be seen in the squad, you know, so it's just totally, totally bizarre. Um, but what what are our aspirations for the summer, Matty? You know, obviously you've been quite vocal over the course of the season, to be honest, and, and rightly so, in terms of. What has uh, what has gone on this season, especially? What what's your aspirations going into the summer now? Oh, mate, where where do we start? Um, I think certainly, like like what we've said, mate. Um, you know, you go right, literally right back um, to the before the season started and the, the Benitez appointment, um, which was an absolute shocker. Uh, like you said, I think the first thing for me, hopefully, now we've got obviously. Kevin Thelwell there is the the director of football. 
hopefully he's given a chance to do his job more than what Marcel Brands was. Um, Frank's obviously in there now. I'm managing; we can all get behind, which which is a massive thing as well. So hopefully you're not going to see, like you said, those sorts of decisions that have been made this season continue into next season because. Like you said, mate, it, it's just absolutely been baffling, even to the, the appointments of Frank, where, you know, Vita Pereira was, was virtually nailed on, wasn't he? Until the fans actually come out and, you know, had a go, he could have been in the job. So I'm hoping, yeah, like you said, we, we, we've got Kevin Felwell and now, we've got Frank there. I'm hoping, certainly at boardroom level, um, you can have modern, competent people brought in to lead this football club because I just think obviously we, we look at it from this season but you look at seasons that have gone by um, and obviously bad decisions have been made um, we've we've stayed up by the skin of our teeth um, you know I was there in 94 mate um, and you know people were saying never again never again and you look at it you know we're now in 2022 and the certain people still at the club who will probably say never again so I just hope, obviously, the right people are brought in at the right level. Um, Frank and Kevin are obviously given some resources to try and obviously get players in because, like you said, I think by all accounts, looking at the finances, probably one of Richie or DCL will probably have to go um, in order to obviously give us a bit of a chance to try and try and bring a few players in. Um, who knows? You know, it could be both. You, you just don't know, do you? Obviously, the way the market is, if obviously someone comes in with a massive offer, you, you just don't know. Um, but I just hope, in terms of where we are to start the season, um, we're in a much healthier position. Um, we've obviously got players that are going to go out as well. We all know that, don't we? There's, there's players that have the, the, the contracts are finished. Um, did he make a decision on the likes of, you know, the likes of Yeri? Uh, who, you know, we all know he's probably our best centre half, but a really struggle for fitness. Did he, you know, he's got a year left to the cash in on him. Um, I've got a feeling, mate, that the squad's probably going to be not unrecognisable, but there's going to be really big changes, I think, in the summer. Um, but already, obviously, the, you know, the, some of the players I mentioned, you mentioned there, the likes of Gallagher, they've talked about the likes of Colwell at, at Huddersfield, the centre half. Who's obviously got got a, got his Chelsea links as well. Um, Broker, Broker, uh, Southampton. Um, I, I think the, the obviously the age of the squad will come down. Um, but I'm really looking forward to it. I've got to be honest, mate. Um, you know, <laughs> this season has been a massive grind, hasn't it? Um, and it's absolutely destroyed me physically and mentally. I've got to be honest. Um, but I just hope with Frank in charge. I really do, you know, I'm I'm optimistic, is what I can say. I just hope, obviously, he's, he has got a bit of a chance to actually bring in the, the, a few players that he wants in the summer. Um, and then, obviously, we, we, can, we can kick on into next year because I think, finally, after, a, you know, obviously a good while, and we all know about Carlo and we were all devastated about Carlo, but hopefully now we, we have found the man that we can sort of move on with a plan for the next few years. Um, and obviously, and obviously progress because there is we like we've always just we just talked there, lads, haven't we? There is talent in the squad, you know. Um, it's just obviously building on top of that um, with you know obviously the right the right sort of demographic, which we hopefully we've started to do. But yeah, optimistic, Mike. I know <laughs> I know probably didn't sound like that at the start, but um, 
yeah, like I said, hopefully, fingers crossed, we've learned our lesson and we can move forward. 100%. I think we've all got to go into the summer with some optimism and, and think that it can't be any worse than what we were served up this season, especially from the manager who came in. Uh, reservations were there from the start. Like you said, we then look at the fact that they tried to bring in Vitor Pereira, which was only vetoed by the fans. Let's get it right. That was Mishiri's pick. And, and the fans did the did the business there again. I think the fans have got a, a lot to be proud of this season, to be perfectly honest, in terms of how, as a collective. And, you know, at the start, it was it was a few. I know you were part of that, Matty, with the uh, the protest inside the ground and after after games finished and things like that. And, and that was the start of things. And whether it's to demand change from the board or it's to come together and be a united fan base, which is what we've been in recent weeks, it's all part of the same thing because we all we all want better for the club. We're all sick and tired. We're all sick and tired of being, you know, in the the situation that we find ourselves in and not being competitive. You know, the, we, we've if we've had this this for, for far too long. So I, I've got to agree. You know, there's got to be changes at boardroom level. There's got to be people brought into the club, like you say, who are modern football people who know the business, who know how to operate. The, you know the, the modern football landscape we, we, we can't just have people in and around the club who've, who've been there for many many years and you know no you know the old boys brigade etc etc it doesn't work in the in the modern in the modern football business we've got to be ruthless we've got to get the right people in and it started i know frank lampard mentioned again after the palace game there's still a lot of work on going behind the scenes there's going to be a lot of work to be done over the course of the summer from that perspective um, but we've got to go in and repeat with with optimism, and and now we've got to trust Frank Lampard to you know to have a window uh, where he works with the director of football. We we work to a structure to a model, and we and we get the the right players, younger players in. For me, uh, they've got to be versatile, they've got to be physical, they've got to be quick. All of those things for the modern game, we've got to trust Frank Lampard now to to go and do that. And give him time to, to build the right side. Absolutely. For me, our, our defence is just a glaring priority. Um, you, you look at the the back four or back five that you know we've had to put out this season. I know Matty alluded to, to Yerry Mina's injury record. Um, but, you know John Joe Kenny, Brantwaite, Keane, Holgate. It, it won't be when he plays defensively. He's obviously he's a different player in, in midfield, but they're arguably players that should not be um, in our, you know, it, it, maybe not, not so much Michael Keane, but I think that's up for debate. But the, the defenders that maybe should not be not be so close to our, uh, our, our you know, our starting 11 for our defence, but it, you're looking at an overhaul really almost of the squad. And again, have, have we got the finances? Have we got the ability to do that? Would we have to arguably lose one of our best players in order for that to happen. So it's, it's probably the most important summer um, in terms of transfers that, you know, we've, we've had in about 10 years. I'd like to see us potentially going for Tarkovsky with Burnley going down. I know Lampard's a big fan of his and he tried to sign him when he was at Chelsea and that transfer got vetoed, possibly because of Tarkovsky's age. Um, but I believe he's coming to the end of a deal. And that, I think that's the type of deal that, that could suit us. Um, I also know Van Bissaka's 
been transfer listed. And I, I know he's not what you consider to be an attacking fullback, but he's an excellent defender, young English player. Um, I think potentially he could be another one that could fit really well in our squad. I know we've got Pat, Pattinson, but you know he's, he's well, he's barely played any football for us, and I think the jury's very much out on um, you know, whether he's ready to be our, our starting fullback. Um, and I think Seamus Coleman's been an unbelievable servant to the club, but his body's probably been on borrowed time now for about three <laughs> three seasons, um, and we need to start helping him to you know transition out of that starting role. So the, the task feels massive, and I, I agree with what Lee said. You know, we can't expect this to happen in one transfer window. I know we often make jokes about, um, you know, real life not being football manager on the podcast, and I think sometimes fans need to temper their expectations a little bit. It could take time um, to, to get this right. You love a defensive full by you, don't you, Pete? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Hey, Aaron Wambazaka will get about will get about one assist in ten years, mate. <laughs> I, I, there's a reason why T- Thomas Tuchel plays a back five with attacking fullbacks because I, I agree with his philosophy. You, you you don't win games if you don't keep clean sheets. <laughs> you're like you're like the opposite of me. If I was a manager, if I'd be a manager, you would park the bus. <laughs> I think I'm I like think Ozzy, they... I'm like Ozzy though. To be fair. <laughs> I think the thing the thing is going into to this summer is that we need to remember, don't forget obviously the fact that we, we secured our, our safety on Thursday and, and the the elation and jubilation that, that came with that. I think today against the Arsenal showed again, didn't it? I know obviously they've been on he'd been drinking for the last couple of days and things like that, but it shows you the, the lack of quality we have in that squad and and, and how much we need to change, and it's not all going to happen in one summer. But we do know there's a lot. Of, there's a quite a few players on decent money who are out of contact in the summer as well. We know we're potentially going to have to ship out one of our our bigger assets, if not more. We, we just don't know in, in terms of that. Maybe it's Richardson. You know, we came out when most people have gone home. Uh, if you look at, at Tunnel Access, little baby in his arms, and sort of was waving to the Gladys Street, and you know, make it make it that whatever you will. And like you said already, if he if he gets moved on, if he gets a big big move, listen, he goes with our best wishes because he, he's he's come to this club and he's he's epitomised what it means to to be an Evertonian, and you know he he's been the supporter on the pitch to be honest with you since he's been here. What what a player played with his, his heart on his sleeve, but we'll see. But there's a big overhaul needed that is going to take time. And like like you said, Pete, you know it's not football manager. And we've had these calls before where fans have got to realise that we need to give this manager time. We know that this manager has got to be given numerous windows, two or three years, to, to really, really bed into the club and, and put his stamp on the club before we really start to see progression. That progression next season could be finishing 12th. And let's be honest, we probably all take that after what's happened this season. You know, because we, as long as we can see that the club are going in the right direction, and we're starting to play a better brand of football, and we, we're getting, you know, players in who are young, hungry, physical, athletic, etc., etc. Then we probably take that, and that is progression. And we, we we don't want to set the bar too high because that's what we've done in the past, and that's what's led to failures and management pressure. Let's let Frank Lampard get on with his job. Let him, you know, pick the right players along with the director of football, and I'm I'm sure, you know, come 
August when the season reconvenes, we're going to be in a better position on the whole. Um, but Lee, what are, what are your final thoughts going into the summer before we before we wrap up uh, today's show? Yeah, I'd echo a lot of the things that uh, everyone said. Really, I mean, um, um, as I said earlier, Lampard, we we can't judge him purely on obviously, you know, one one transfer window that he's going to have here. We we, we said it about Carlo. We you know we all wanted Carlo to take us into the new stadium. We need a period of stability in this football club right now. By all accounts, Thelwell's come in and they've struck up a good relationship already. You know, the Athletic have reported on that, saying that their offices are opposite each other. And by all accounts, you know, there's, there's a lot of jovial conversations into that. Thelwell comes with a you know, half-decent reputation with what he did at Wolves. Um, yes, the jury's out a little bit in terms of the windows, you know, in terms of his transfer strategies, etc. But only time will tell with that. Lampard will definitely have a pull as a manager. You know, if we can nick some of Chelsea's youngsters, because they've got a ridiculous amount of top young players. You know, you have to look at the likes of Samson. They've got the likes of Liveramento and people like that that have come out of the club. You know, Tammy Abraham that's doing amazing things at, you know, um, uh, at Roma. You know, Tamori's done a great job as well, um, you know, going going abroad. Um, so if we can nick some of that talent, I mentioned Gallagher earlier. I mean, if they don't take Gallagher back at Chelsea, and I think he'd struggle to start every week in that team, I'd be all over them to try and get someone like Gallagher in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, he has, you know, all all this lazy narrative and journalism. I mean, journalists have been coming out and other fans, particularly cockfights as well. You know, Lampard, well done for taking a team from 16th to 16th. I mean, you know, I mean, how stupid do you actually even have to be? If you actually look what sits behind that, look what he inherited an absolute mess he inherited. You know, the worst form of any team in Europe he came into. You know, senior staff behind the scenes, you know, head of medical, you know, the guys who are head of, head of recruitment, Marcel Brands, all of them just gone. All these guys playing pivotal parts. It's not just the player players. It's, you know, these guys play a pivotal part in camaraderie and morale and everything else. You know, they're all one big team at Finch Farm there. And, you know, one fella came in and decides to throw, throw his weight around and destroy all, all that camaraderie in, in six months. So he comes into this absolute mess. And he achieved more points in five less games than what Benitez did. You know what I mean? With a team that has had horrendous injuries as well. And I don't want to harp on too much about that, but we're the top of the league in that. We're probably top of the league in terms of the worst VAR decisions going as well. And he still managed to keep us up. So you can shove your 16th for 16th nonsense if you're going to start coming out with that. So, so on top of that, in terms of to answer your question properly, Yes, you know, Pete mentioned there will temper expectations where we finish. And I agree with that. And it should temper expectations going into next season. Like you said, Mike, if we do finish, you know, around mid-table, but we can clearly, you know, clearly see there's, you know, shoots of development in, in, in the team there. There's young players coming through and, you know, we've got a style of play and, you know, we're tough to beat, but we're great going forward. And hopefully the fans can, you know, we can have a home, home atmosphere like that every single home game as well. You make it intimidating. And Lampard's brought that to us. Look at him celebrating on top of the director's box the other day. When was the last time we saw a manager do that? You know, if that's your manager, I mean, you're absolutely bouncing. You know I mean, you know, he, yes, he's naive in some ways. Yes, he's learning on the job tactically. But, you know, one thing's for sure, what comes naturally to him is he's a, he's a fantastic man manager. He's a people person. You can see it all day. He's got intellect. You know, what he did with Seamus Coleman in the change rooms there, I mean, like, you know, he was choking up himself. You know what I mean? He, he's, he can see he's got away with people and he's dedicated. He's a hard worker. He was as a player and by all accounts, he is as a manager. So for me, yeah, if we can get one or two 
you know, maybe maybe a few more, three or four really cute signs in the summer and just build from there because there is going to be enough people. That needs to be taken into consideration as well because there will be quite a few players leaving and there'll be players coming in. So he's going to need a bit of time with that as well. But we just have to give him that time. You know, the last thing I want is for him to be under pressure at Christmas because we're on the edge of relegation again. You know what I mean? It, it, I, I can't be dealing with all that again and then, all, you know, the press all over it again saying he should be sacked and whatever. We just have to stick by him through thick and thin here. We really do. And and hopefully, as I said, he can pull a few rabbits out of the bag. Him, him, and, him and Thelwell can do that. And, you know, we, you know we, we've, we've had our Everton back the last last few weeks especially particularly you know and maybe not so much in terms of quality but particularly in terms of unity between the fans and the players and things like that and, and Frank takes should take a massive credit for that um, he really should you know he's, he's played a big part in doing that yes the fans have as well but you know the way he comes across the way he holds himself the way he speaks his programme notes you know we can all we can all we can all get behind that can't we yeah he's connected with the fans and he's brought the fans together, but the, to be fair, the fans have brought us back together with with the players and the manager. I, I don't use the word club because there's still a lot of issues that need to be addressed off the field. But I think, as a collective, in terms of fans, players, manager, it, I've never seen anything like that for many, many years. You know, and, and that's great to see, and that's got to continue into next season. That's got to continue. You know, the the positivity that that's. Uh, that's come about in, in recent weeks has been great to see. The welcome that the, the players have got, it's certainly helped them. You know, the, the scenes at Goodison Park in terms of the atmosphere that's being created, you know, the, the songs, you know, you've got Space of the Blues number three in the chart again now. You know, it's, it's things like that, you know, which that's what it's all about. You know, we we live and breathe our football club and rightly or wrongly, for many people, our lives are dictated to barriers since we get on the pitch. Because we've all suffered the last the last few weeks, especially we've suffered heavily mentally, physically, and to get over the line on Thursday was was fantastic for us all. It was a huge sense of relief and euphoria in that sense. But we don't forget what's gone on. We don't forget there's changes that need to be made, uh, and I'm sure that that message will continue over the course of the summer, and and more importantly as well that you know the manager is backed as best he can be, and he's allowed. Uh, with with Kevin Thelwell there to, to to get a decent side together, and then we, we we'll kickstart afresh um, in August. And even better news: my season ticket has come through after many many years on the waiting list. Um, so we'll jo- be joining Pete in the paddock for uh, a half time pie and a cup of uh, Everton's finest coffee. I think it's Kenko. Um, so sort of look forward to it as well there. But it's great the season's over. I'm happy that obviously we're all delighted we stayed in the Premier League, and now onwards to a hopefully a, a successful and 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 happier summer. Um, but Massey, really appreciate you coming on the show. Not only today, but this season. You know your your, your insight, your obviously your thoughts on the club. Your obviously how loyal you are to the club. It always shines through, and it's it's great to to catch up with you once again. Cheers, Mike. Much appreciated. Great news about your season ticket there as well, mate. Brilliant, that. And um, no, thanks to you and the lads for uh, for obviously keeping us all entertained throughout the season, mate. Obviously, we've been brilliant to listen to you all the way through as well. So, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully see you all over the summer at some point. Certainly will, mate. We'll definitely organise something and get out, have something to eat um, over the next few weeks. 
we will look forward to that. We will look forward, more importantly, to a break of not discussing football, not discussing everything, having a little little bit of a rest and a sleep. Um, and we can then reconvene. We'll do a few little specials over the summer, a few holidays planned um, across the board. But we will definitely be back over the course of the summer, have a little chat, see how things are going in the transfer window, see what Frank's, what Frank's up to. But we appreciate uh, You can do a couple of B-sides as well, Mike, can't we? Hopefully, as we, well. we, we are. We are. Hopefully, we're going to get a few B sides. Are we enjoying the B sides, especially in the off season when there's very little things, very little activity, especially on the pitch? Uh, we, we love doing the B sides as well. So, we're going to we get one or two of them sorted for the summer as well. Um, but we'll definitely be back to discuss the, the transfer deals of the club. Um, obviously, pre season, what's going on. But thanks to everyone for listening over the course of the season. Yeah, another season where the podcast has grown and grown even further. Thanks to our our sponsors as well, Sports Social and, and Fanatics. We've, we've enjoyed working with them over the course of the season. Um, and we will catch you at some point over the summer once you've all had a bit of a bit of a lie down. So we'll speak to you soon. Sorry, quick shout out before you finish, Mike. Quick shout out. Sorry, it's after the... You just uh, ruined the whole ending of the show. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I've got to give a shout out to Henry Roberts. He's won the fantasy football for the Unholy Trinity, mate. Got to give him a shout out. Got to we, give him a shout out. He's, he's done well to win that. And then um, I've I've come in second. So I put a good defence in there. I put a good defence in there. I want to get that out. But Henry, Henry Roberts has won it. So I'm sure you can arrange a little prize from there, mate. Well, I, I, I like to wait for the, the points to actually be confirmed before actually announcing who's won the fancy league. So you, you've, you've No, he's got an unassailable there. lead. He's got an unassailable lead. I tried to pip him today, but he's 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 got over the line, mate. So big shout out to to Henry Roberts if he's listening, and Michael sort you a prize out of his own pocket because he's loaded. Yeah, yeah. So you've you've ruined my ending for that. So what was seamless <laughs> ending? I've now got to redo it. I, I'm you know I've got I've got to properly cut and edit this now after you kicking in there about the fancy football that no one's asked about because we all lost in first in about November. <laughs> so there's only you and Henry playing fantasy football. There's not. There's, there's loads in there. There's loads in there that are doing well. There's shout outs to a few others there. To be fair as well. I might just leave this bit in actually because it's. Um, I'm sure people will be entertained by. Definitely leave yeah. it in because he, he deserves a shout out. And Michael Jackson's had a good season as well. There's a few. There's a few guys in there have done really well. Richie's in there. Richie's. He's on the edge of the top ten. I mean, you might as well come well. last then. Might as well come last. You got to come in the top ten. Doesn't make no difference, does it? Yeah, but. true. Fair point. Callum was doing well, but just shout. You know, Callum's absolutely capitulated like a stone outside the top thirty. Right. Well, I'll I'll sort this recording out then now and uh, get the ending. Put at the ending. So well, well done. Leave it well, in. Well. Leave it. Leave it in. This is the unedited version. Leave it in. <laughs> yeah, well, well done, Henry. You beat Leeds to the uh, the fancy football title. Me and Pete won RT now, and you've just thrown yourself in there last minute. God's sake. So we'll catch you, we'll catch you all over the course of the summer, then we've got to keep it in. Um, there's a bit of entertainment for you, a little bit of comedy. This will be on, it'll be all right in the night. Um <laughs> a Christmas, Christmas special. So we will catch you very, very soon. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast.
Social Podcast Network.